we all need encouragement at some point in time, whether it's for personal motivation, comfort, or reflection. An encouraging word can offer hope, inspiration, or a new perspective. Each week, we will explore biblical passages that will encourage and remind us of God's love, faithfulness, greatness, and sovereignty in our lives. So let's start the week off right. I'm your podcast host, Drea, and you're now listening to Divine Exhortations. Hey, friend, and happy Monday, November 29th. Thank you for tuning in to Divine Exhortations with Drea. If this is your first time listening, thank you for choosing this podcast. I hope you are blessed by what you hear. And for those of you who continue to show your support by listening every week or whenever you can, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. As you are all aware, this season is designed for my friends to join with me and share an impactful word with you every Monday. And we are nearing the end of season two And I can't believe it. The time has flown by so quickly. And after this episode, there will be three more left. And that is it. So that means three more Mondays with my wonderful friends. Speaking of wonderful friends, I am so elated and honored to have my guest with me today. I had to go through many hoops just to get him on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Okay, no, I didn't. (laughs) He was just a phone call away. Uh, But I am so happy that he agreed to set some time out of his busy schedule just to share a word of encouragement. He is a lover of God's word and such a humble guy, my friend and brother in Christ, Mark Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh, geez. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. I'm good. I'm good. That's I'm working my way good. towards good. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. am I. That's good. <laughs> Once again, Mark, thank you so much for agreeing to come on this platform. I believe someone is going to be uplifted today. Um, before I have you share your exhortation, could you just briefly share your experience and coming to know the Lord? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, first of all, thank you for even having me on the podcast. I'm really just honored to have the opportunity and I think more so to be called your friend. I think, you know, reflecting on that, I really, really appreciate, really really appreciate the honor. So my uh, story of coming to know the Lord, I guess is still uh, kind of like, uh, you know, Michelle Obama says like, there's not, you know, because it's a becoming, it's a process. It's kind of, a, you know, an ongoing process, but for me, I didn't really grow up in church. Um, I, my mom sent me to Sunday school when I was a kid. So I, you know, I kind of grew up in the Caribbean and, um, went to church and I just, you know, it did, you know, grow, growing up talking about the golden texts and all this stuff and you get your foundation there. And then I remember one day is funny. One day I left Sunday school. My mom was kind of running late, um, to come get me. Cause usually she'd pick me up right after Sunday school. And I just figured, you know, I'd, go from Sunday school right into church. And I just sat down in church and I sat down. And for some reason I was just like, this is amazing. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. Like this is, I didn't even know what was going on. Like yeah. it was an interesting place, but it was just so fascinating to me. And I remember going home and I was like nine years old. I remember going home and telling my mom, like, I felt, I just felt like this weight was lifted. Mm. Um, 
they felt like this joy, like this deep, deep sense of joy that I'd never felt before. And I was just like, this is crazy. Anyway, go back to Sunday school and, you know, nothing. I just kind of whatever, kind of walked, uh, walked my own kind of path from there. Nine, fast forward about, I don't know, back to, to when I was 17. We moved to Canada. Um, we, my mom and I, we moved to Canada. We'd visited a church once. And that was about it. Like, you know, like little, and they're very infrequent opportunities. But anyway, at 17, a friend of mine in high school invites me and he's just something. He's like, yo, just, he's, this is, you know, you talk back in those days. So he talks, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, where, he's like, yo, reach, reach, reach. I'm like, where are we going? He's like, yo, Gretchen, don't worry. Just reach. You know, when you emphasize the reach, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I got to go. So, so I show up to this place and it's this church and it's a Monday. It's like Monday night youth group. And I remember going through the whole service. And after the service, I just felt this really strong desire to follow Jesus. And mm. on the Friday, that was my birthday. And I remember uh, I was turning 18. And at the time I was like, you know, you know, when you're a kid, you say all kind of foolishness. At 17, I used to go around and be like, and say stuff like, yo, I'm a man still. You know, I'm about to be a man still. And it, <laughs> it was really, really sad. And, and so uh, on the Friday when I decided to get baptized, turning an adult, I remember they asked me like, why do you want to get baptized? And I said, the most, I said to him, the most manly thing I think I can do is to give my life to Christ. Oh, I love that. Baptized. And, you know, just since there, it's, uh, you know, as they say, the rest is just an up and down journey <laughs> relationship <laughs> with Jesus trying to figure things out and to this day still trying to figure it out. So I think I got saved and being saved and one day God willing will be saved. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And even just hearing your story, ours are kind of very similar as well. Like I, I didn't grow up in church either. And my mom was the same person who would send me on the Sunday school bus to church and she would stay home. And it used to bother me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why are you sending me? And you're not coming, but she made yeah. sure. And she'd be like, you better not miss that bus. You better get up. And I was like, Oh Jesus. And yeah, yeah she'd always send me, but like you said, it's the foundation Mm -hmm. um, that, that was laid, you know, for us. And I'm just so grateful for that. So thank you for sharing um, your story. Right. Really appreciate that. Thank you. So at this time, I'm going to allow you to lead us into your exhortation for today and just share what is laid upon your heart with us. Okay. All right. So I'm in the book of, I've been in the book of Exodus since you asked me. So I'm in the book of Exodus four and uh, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm wrestling with this in part because I know um, Elder Nicholas Russell was already on the podcast and he ripped this text to shreds. So there's really <laughs> nothing left for me to, you know, they, you know, I'm just kind of picking up the crumbs. Um, so if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't heard that podcast or any of the podcasts this season, maybe you just stumbled on this podcast, please go back and listen to this last season. Start at the start, work your way all the way to this one before you listen to this, because I think it, it honestly, God has been doing and saying and sharing some amazing things. So I encourage you to do that. So I, I'm hesitant because I, I, I started wrestling with this text before I heard him do it. And I was like, okay, do I still do it? Do I leave it? But I'm, I don't know. I'm just going to try to be obedient as best I can. So I'm in Exodus chapter four, and I'm really just looking at two verses, uh, verse 10 and 11. And it basically says this in the NLT. It says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been. I'm not even now, even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? So I'm, I'm wrestling with this because 
here we find Moses at this burning bush conversation with God. And I see it almost like a job interview. Like God is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like God is offering Moses the job of his dreams. And Moses is doing everything basically to convince God that he's not qualified. Right. And maybe you're listening right now and you've been in a conversation with God or maybe just something inside of you is encouraging you to do something more or be something more or pursue something more. And all you can focus on is basically why you're not qualified. And if that's you or maybe somebody you know, this conversation might be helpful for you. So I see this thing as God is saying yes and Moses is saying no. And I just I'm wrestling with this because, as I said, it's the job of his dream. So I couldn't understand how Moses got here. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, we know the story, especially maybe you and I kind of heard this in Sunday school, but if you're not as familiar, maybe I'll just catch everybody up and then we can kind of go forward. So essentially, Moses is born in Egypt in a time when people, the people of Israel were kind of cohabiting with the, you know, the Egyptians. So Israel grew and their numbers grew. And the leader at the time, the Pharaoh, decided to do some kind of population control by killing all the male children. So mm-hmm. basically at that time, you know, all the children were being um, all the male ch- children anywhere were being killed and two people got married and had a son and the boy was so handsome. You know, you know, my mom was saying, look good, the boy look good. <laughs> so handsome that the mother just couldn't bring herself basically to give up the child. And so she hides him for as long as she could for about three months. And then eventually he just got too big to hide him. And so she decides to build a, like a flotation device or sometimes mm-hmm. we call it an arc and puts him inside and sends him down the Nile river not even knowing what's going to happen. Like what crazy faith. And then the ark ends up what they call the ark. Sometimes it ends up kind of stuck in the reeds. And then Pharaoh, the same Pharaoh that was killing children at the time, his daughter ends up seeing the ark and opens it and finds this Hebrew boy. And then surprisingly in that moment, she makes this decision to raise that child. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone right now is wrestling. Maybe, you know, you just found out you're pregnant. Maybe you're just trying to figure things out and you're at this stage and trying to wonder, do I raise this child? And I'd say this might be an opportunity for you. Maybe just a reminder, maybe something that's tugging inside of you to tell you raise that child. Yes. Raise that child. Don't, don't give up that child. Don't, 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 don't kill that child. Don't avoid that child. Raise that child. And that was a decision she made in that moment. She didn't find out she was pregnant. Moses, the Pharaoh's daughter didn't find out she was pregnant. She didn't, you know, had to go through all that. She just decided in that moment to raise that child. And I think it's important because again, sometimes we just don't even know where we're going to be or what we're going to do or what that child will end up being. And it's so crucial for us to just remember to raise the child, raise the child. You might be struggling or wrestling right now with a child that you already have, raise the child, raise him. I was reading this book and basically the the idea of the term raising the child was kind of an ancient, ancient term where they'd bring a child. This is kind of really, really early kind of pre, this is kind of before Christ. They'd bring a child, especially a male child or a female child to a father. And the father would basically look at the child and in that moment, would make a decision whether or not they would keep the child or literally throw the child into the streets. And essentially what would happen was the child, if the father took the child in his arms and lifted the child up or raised that child, essentially when he did that, it was a declaration to everybody else that he had made the decision to raise a child. Mm. And so I encourage somebody today, please raise that child. I don't know who that's for. I didn't even plan on really talking about that, but who Amen. raise that 
child. It's crucial. Anyway, so she makes this decision and she, I don't know, through a series of kind of really interesting events, finds a child's mother. So finds Moses' mother. Mother gets paid to raise the child, um, then brings the child back when the child is old enough, brings it back to Pharaoh's daughter. And she decides, to, Pharaoh's daughter basically decides to raise this child, adopts him as her, her own, feeds him, clothes him. So Moses basically grew up eating Egyptian food, speaking the Egyptian, you know, speaking like the Egyptians, walking like Egyptians, mm -hmm. talking like Egyptians, robed in the royal clothing. He was taught, scripture says he was taught in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And Stephen later on even says that he was powerful in speech and action, powerful mm -hmm. in speech and action. And in this atmosphere, in this climate, like he's living, the, can you imagine living the dream? Like living I literally know. in the palace, living like all access to all the food you want, all the watermelons, all the, every, like everything <laughs> is at your fingertips. But at 40 years old, this is what I find so crazy. At 40 years old, something happens inside of Moses's heart. There's this invisible transaction that takes place. And maybe for some of you, as you're listening, there's some stuff going on inside of you, some changes that you haven't really even kind of made externally, but some changes that's just happened inside of you. And you're trying to just figure it out. These hidden transactions that happen in our heart. And for Moses, there's this hidden transaction that for some reason, although he had access to all of that, the scripture says that one day he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Mm, yeah. He refused the word there it means he denied. So people go around and say, hey, 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 aren't, aren't you? Aren't you the son of Pharaoh's daughter? And Moses said, no, no, no. He denied it. The yep. same way Peter, the same way Peter denied Jesus, he denied it. He denied. And it's not even just that he denied. And I, I guess it's interesting because he didn't deny. Like if someone says, hey, are, are you Pharaoh's grandson? I think I'd get it because the root there would be on Pharaoh and the connection to Pharaoh. You know, I'd understand it because Pharaoh right. was this guy killing, killing children, like literally yep. he was a pretty ruthless guy. And it wasn't that he said he refused to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter, which is the woman who found him in the Nile, decided in the moment to raise him, brought him, paid for him to be raised by his mo mother weaned, brings him into the palace, takes care of him, ensures that he's schooled and trained and educated. And Moses decides, even with all of that good, he refuses to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Mm. Because here's the thing, sometimes purpose calls us to leave good for greater. Wow. Yeah. And it's so important for us to remember that even when things are good, maybe you're in a relationship right now and things are pretty good, but you just know there's something more. Right. You just know that maybe that person is just not for you. And it's not that it's bad. It's good. But you know, deep down inside that something's greater. Something's calling you to greater. Maybe you have a job right now and it's good. But something inside of you says maybe it could be greater. Maybe you're in ministry right now and ministry is good. Maybe you're parenting right now and parenting's good. But something inside just called Moses to greater. And that's the invisible transaction that I really want to tease apart. Because at this point, as he decides to refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses begins on this journey, basically. He, see, he goes outside one day at 40 years old and he sees this Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. And Moses, die, like, uh, he snaps, like he, <laughs> he kills this Egyptian, <laughs> yep. hides the body. And I'm just trying to figure out why. Because I think... 
this is this is the thing. This is Moses's opportunity to basically come out. Like this is his yeah. his time to say, "Listen, I've, I'm I'm all in." Like I'm <laughs> I'm so all in on refusing to be called Pharaoh's daughter to not have access to these good things anymore. I'm so all in on doing something greater that I'm willing to kill somebody for it. Mm. Like you have to be deeply committed to be willing to kill because I have to, I put it this way. Like some people won't even kill themselves in that they won't kill their fleshly desires. We won't kill the things that we wrestle with. We won't kill kind of these bad attitudes or bad ways that we're, we won't even kill that. But Moses right. was willing to kill another person to save this Israelite people. And later on this in, in the scripture, Stephen says that it's, it's because basically his, he, he, he assumed, and this is Acts 7, verse 25, so you can read it afterwards, but basically Moses assumed that his fellow Israelites would realize God had sent him to rescue them. Mm. So when Moses goes out and kills this Egyptian, it's not just a declaration that this is a really kind of bad situation and I need to do something. It's because Moses had this assumption and he had this dream. There's something, remember that hidden transaction? For some reason inside of Moses, Moses believed that he could somehow deliver a people out of this great, out of these, one of the greatest nations of the time is Egypt. And he believed somehow that he could rescue Israelites and these Israelite people out of Egypt. He, that's a big dream, you know, it is like, that's a huge, I don't even know if you understand, like that is a monumental dream in the business world. They call that a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Like it is huge. (laughs) Like it's, it's a big deal. Like, Moses believed like beyond the shadow of that to the point where he believed enough to kill somebody for it, that he was, was their deliverer. Yeah. And this is why I wrestle with Exodus chapter four. I can't understand how you go from believing that you are are their deliverer to the point now where you begin arguing with God when Mm. God calls you to deliver them. Wow. Wow. So we have to ask the question, what happened? How did Moses go from being so convinced that he could do it, that he could be it, that he could pursue it? And maybe for some of you, you maybe for like, maybe for some of you, you remember that time when you believed you could do it, that you could pursue it, that you could be it. But I think what happened in, in uh, the day after he killed that Egyptian is what, what really kind of gives me some understanding the day after he sees these two Israelite people striving fighting and he goes to the person who had wronged the one israelite who had wronged the other israelite and essentially it says that moses goes there and says okay listen you you know you you need to stop like why are you fighting each other and that person pushes him aside and says who made you a ruler and a judge over us Mm -hmm. are you gonna kill me like you killed the egyptian yesterday and it was at that point that was the moment. I think that was the moment that for me tells me anyway, how you transition from believing to not believing. In another scripture, it says that, that, that they actually reject in that moment. It was a rejection of Moses. Right. That in a through, and I don't know, maybe somebody out there, like, and maybe like me, where you, sometimes you wrestle with rejection. And sometimes maybe you look back at different points in your life where you were rejected. And that was the moment. That was a moment when you stopped believing that you could do things. That was a moment. The moment in your life when life hits you so hard mm-hmm. that you stop dreaming and you just woke up and started living in a reality. And here's the thing. Since then, and maybe since then, you haven't been able to dream as big or even as much or even at all. 
I think there's somebody out there who's really wrestling with this idea that how can I dream again when they rejected me outright? Mm -hmm. How can I dream again when, when, when life hit me so hard, honestly, I don't even know if I can make it to tomorrow, much less to start dreaming. When, when, when life hits you so hard that you're trying to just figure it out from day to day, when, when life hits you so hard because of the person that you lost or the people who've kind of rejected you or people who moved away or the disconnection that you're feeling and the loneliness that you're wrestling with, when, when life hits you so hard that you stopped dreaming, that you stopped believing that you could do you could do big and hairy and audacious things with your life. Yes. When, when like Moses, maybe at this point you're somewhere in this place called Midian where Moses fled to afterwards, where you just feel comfortable living life in ordinary. Mm. Moses goes to Midian and just, he just becomes ordinary. Yeah. He goes in one, literally from one chapter to another he believes he is literally an international leader. He is the leader of a nation. He believes that he could be the leader of a nation of individuals in one chapter. And in the next chapter, he goes to herding sheep. Mm. He goes from extraordinary to ordinary. This international leader is now in Jethro's house herding sheep. And there's nothing wrong with herding sheep. Like if that's, you know, if that's, if that's what he's called to, it's different. But because Moses was called to something greater, yeah, I wrestle with this because, because, and maybe it's just me. I've been at times in my life, honestly, Andrea, where sometimes I just, I just feel like, what's the point of dreaming? I hear what's you. The of, <laughs> what's the point of dreaming big? Like, why not just settle for just ordinary? And this is not about like how much money I want to make, or this is not about like how, how much, like how far I want to go with my career. Like, it's none of that. Like, it's yeah. not about the status thing. It's just, sometimes I just feel like, honestly, I'm, I'm, life is so rough. I'm good with our ordinary. Like, just give me ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I'll take that. Just, just give me a, give me an okay day. Sometimes it's just, you know, <laughs> you come home from work, you're just like, man, honestly, just give me okay. And I think, Moses gets caught in this 40-year cycle of okay. Mm. He wrestles with it for 40 years. And for 40 years, he doesn't hear from God. For 40 years, he, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what to do. Like, he, he, like, if you read through the story, it's the weirdest thing. We know Moses basically is the author. But you read through the, this story of Exodus. After he, he has this interaction with the Israelites, he goes into Midian. He ends up getting married to Zipporah. He tells, and the scripture literally says in the book of Exodus, early that it he gets married has one child and then you see him kind of telling the story about this burning bush and at the end of the story of the burning bush he's leaving midian with two sons mm. and i'm just like what where did where the second one come from and I, I realized that even moses forgot to mention the second son which is, uh, we could go into kind of first son, second son, but I think it's fascinating. Anyway, I just really think what's important is like Moses was so stuck on ordinary that even the birth of a child wasn't even worth mentioning. Interesting. That even something as joy as the birth of a child, especially for a child who was born in a time when children were being killed, even the mm-hmm. birth of a child wasn't worth mentioning. 
And then he gets into this burning bush conversation with God and he goes back and forth and back and forth. And if we go back to that scripture that I read earlier, it says, I want you to hear it carefully because I think it's so fascinating. He said, but Moses, he pleaded with the Lord. I was talking to my wife about this and, and she says she read through Exodus 3 and 4 and she's like, this is a long conversation. Like Moses talked for a long time. I'm like, yeah, it's a long time. And I think this is because Moses was pleading with God. Like, geez, like God, he it literally says at one point, choose anybody else, just not me. Right. And he says to him, and, and this is verse 10, he says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with my words. I, I'm, I'm, I've never been. And I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me. And that's a piece that I really wanted to kind of zone in on and mm -hmm. kind of just drill down on is these assumptions that Moses makes. And how it impacts his relationship with God. Yeah. That Moses goes out before when he sees the Egyptians striving with the Israelite. And at that point, he assumed that the Israelites should know that he's going to be their deliverer. Mm. In this text, it says that I've, it's, Moses says, oh, Lord, I'm not good. Not even good with my words. I've never been. And I'm not now, meaning in this burning bush conversation I'm still not good with my words. And Moses says, even though you have spoken to me, which tells me, Andrea, that he assumed that if he really connected with this God, that it would remove. And for him, I would imagine that this inability to speak effectively was an insecurity. Yeah. He assumed that in order for him to be qualified for the job that he was talking to God about, that God would have to remove his insecurities. Hmm. Yeah, And so many of us assume that if I'm going to do this thing that I think God is calling me to do, he's going to have to take some stuff away from me. Right. He's going to have to make me taller, make me better looking, make me smarter, make me more quality, you know, give me more education. And, and all this time, Moses is there trying to convince God that he's not qualified. Like I get, yeah. he's, I get tongue tied. My word, like I'm still basically what Moses is trying to tell God is, listen, I'm still wrestling with my insecurities. You can't call me now. Yeah. You can't call me. I'm still wrestling with this stuff that tells me that I should be disqualified. And maybe you're listening to this and, and, and you're saying to yourself, listen, I cannot do anything big for God because I know me. I know that I just can't, I just don't have the ability. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And today I want to encourage somebody who's wrestling with their insecurities. Maybe you've been in this conversation with God too, where you're going back and forth with God, where God is telling you yes, and you're saying no, and God is telling you yes, and you're saying no. And you're trying to figure out how do you effectively navigate this because you don't feel qualified. And I don't know about anybody else, but I definitely in different seasons of my life, past, present, and maybe I'm guessing even future, I've wrestled with this idea. Even coming on this podcast, I was like, I've never been on a podcast. Like, what? <laughs> what? It, you know, I'm just like, I'm not qualified for this stuff. I have no idea how to even approach it. Like, mm -hmm. but it, at the same time, and I think this this speaks so many volumes to me and maybe to somebody else that that you just have to do it. You just have to kind of go and just get it done and do it flawed. Like, you're gonna have to do it with your flaws and. and yeah, maybe I quote the the theologian Beyonce. You got to do it flaws and all. <laughs> like you got, you got, you have to do it. Like you have to do it flawed. Like whatever God's going to call you to, whenever He's calling you to right now, you're going to have to do it flawed. You may not have it all figured out. You may, you know, things may not necessarily all be aligned. Like I'm guessing for you, Andrea, when you started this podcast, there's some stuff that probably came up inside of you, and you're like, I can't do podcast to the world. 
Listen, even before when God really? dropped it in my heart, I yeah. struck. Oh, I sat with it for months. I was like, I can't do this. Here's yeah. why. I, I I don't think I sound well. I don't think I speak well. Some I had all these like excuses. Mm. Um, why? And I kept delaying. And I had one of my friends um to kind of keep me accountable. So she was mm-hmm. kind of on me, like, make sure you do it. And it you're right. Like it's it's just all these insecurities. And I had to say, okay, God, you know what? If this is what you want me to do, I really have to just respond in faith. Mm. That's it. I have to respond in faith. I can't look at all the external factors why I think I'm not good enough. If Ooh. you say I'm good enough, if heaven, if That's if heaven's so testament is yeah. you know, you're good and and you know, then then I can do it. And I think a lot yeah. of times like we really don't take in um to to I guess consideration heaven's testament of us how god really sees us you don't look at it that way right so yeah yes i'm feeling you on this on this word today so huge so huge right it's so huge and i've been into i remember when i was applying to school i was like i can't get into that school are you crazy like (laughs) you know my grade situation like i can't you know i can't i can't do that sometimes i applied for jobs like i can't get that job that job no like and maybe some of you at this stage you're trying to you're thinking like there's some things that I cannot do. I just can't do it. And I think the reason is because we live in our realities and sometimes we dream in reality, Mm. meaning we dream only on the level that we think we can attain. That's good. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we dream big. Like Bob Goff has this book called dream big. Like it's, it's, you got to dream big. You got to do some crazy things. I think I was telling my wife, we're talking the other day and I was just like, sometimes I think you just have to do a, some crazy stuff along the way. Just try. Yeah. Just try. Just try. Just try. And maybe I can put that word in your spirit. Just try. You never know what's going to happen. This is something I learned from my dad. I remember when I was in university, um, this guy came up to me in university and he's like, listen, I have this great opportunity. We sat down for coffee. He tells me it's basically like a timeshare that, you know, baby boomers are going to be retiring in droves. And this is the time to get in to offer them timeshares because you're going to make a lot of money. And it's going to be really lucrative. And he walked me through it. He gave me this kind of, you know, do you, and he asked me, are you, are you interested? Are you interested? I'm like, I don't know. I have to think about it. He's like, okay, here, here's a contract. Think it through. Go talk it over. I'm like, okay, cool. So I took the contract, a whole bunch of words. I didn't know what was on it. Like, literally, you look this up bunch of papers a whole bunch of words <laughs> and i brought it to my dad um and he was in, he was in canada at the time and i brought it to my dad and told him about the opportunity and showed him the contract and he said okay mark how much is it i think it was like 200 bucks at the time he's like uh, 200 bucks i'm like yes yeah 200 bucks he's like okay and i asked him what should i do he's like mark just try yeah. i was like just try and he's like yeah just try you never know what's gonna work out and i remember that to this day like to this day that word still runs with me just try because you never know what's gonna work out you don't know like i was thinking people who apply to like great crazy schools like harvard or like some kind of ivy league top tier school like at some point they have to just try they don't know who's going to be the one like, making the right. decision like, they don't they don't make the decision if they were on the application panel, they would disqualify themselves, but thankfully they're not. And similarly with God, we don't know mm-hmm. who's on God's application panel. He's the only one that makes a decision. That's right. And he tells Moses, listen, I, I, I know about your speech considerations, your speech impediment, but I formed your mouth. Yeah. And at the time, meaning when God has his, had his hands and he was literally forming his, Moses' mouth, he had a choice. He said, I can make him without being slow of speech, or I can make him with being slow of speech. And at that point, God made a decision to make him slow of speech on purpose. Mm. 
God made him flawed, like in Jeremiah, where he goes out and sees the, 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 the potter dealing with, you know, the clay and the clay gets marred in the yep. potter's hands. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think you're a mistake. I don't yeah. think we are mistakes. I don't right. think the things that we struggle with our insecurities are mistakes. I think I think what God is trying to tell all of us is leave your assumptions at the door. Yes. You're assuming that I have to take those insecurities away before I release you to purpose. And God is saying, no, I'm going to release you to purpose with your insecurities. Ooh, love that. You're going to do it flawed. You're going to do it without the ability to effectively function by yourself. Because here's the thing. If you're going to do what you were made to do, if the creator is going to allow his creation to do what you were made to do, you're going to have to do it flawed mm -hmm. because your flaws force you to lean. Yes. Your flaws force you to your knees. Your flaws force you to the place where you realize your limitation. And if you're going to do anything for God, it has to go beyond your limitation. Otherwise, it's not a God dream. And you have to realize that God is calling you to a place where you lean on him. When you, like the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, right. acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. What does it mean to acknowledge? It means to grow, like to acknowledge, acknowledge. No, mm -hmm. it's about knowledge mm -hmm. in all your ways. It's basically saying, get to know me. And as you get to know me, I'll release more purpose in your life that you can't do it without continued relationship with God. Like it's mm -hmm. not about you making it and then forgetting God. It's right. that as you grow with him, he can develop you for it. That's the thing. That's what God's trying to convince Moses of. And maybe that's what God's trying to convince us of today. That even though we're flawed, even though maybe we didn't do it all perfectly, even as I'm sitting here, I'm kind of reflecting on this podcast. I'm like, ah, oh, I should have said this, should have said that. I'm probably gonna listen to it. But like, ah, oh, I missed this and missed that. But but I just decided to do this flawed mm. just to do this without even knowing what it's going to turn out to be and who is going to impact and all this kind of stuff. I just, I just decided to do this flawed. And this is just really kind of a, a how I live my life. Like I'm doing this flawed. I'm parenting flawed. I'm husbanding flawed. Mm. I'm doing my career flawed with all these it's knowledge rather of my insecurities and my inabilities. And I'm just pushing through anyway. And I'm encouraging someone today, listen, don't wait to be perfect to be used by God. Don't wait to be perfect to grow in your relationship with God. Maybe you don't even know who this God is. I'm talking about Jesus. Don't wait mm. to, to have everything together before you give your, your everything to him, before you dive into relationship with him. Don't wait until everything's perfectly aligned. Because I promise you, if you would just trust, and as Andrea yeah. said, it's just take that leap, taking that leap of faith. If you would just trust, just try it. Just try it. Like my dad said, just try yeah. it. Just try that relationship with God. Just step into relationship with him. Just give him all that you have. Just say, you know what? Honestly, I don't have it all figured out, but I trust that you can figure it out with me. If you can help me to figure it out as I go, if you can help to develop me for it, that just trust that if you give your life to him now, do that hidden transaction, that invisible transaction in your heart. Say, yes, God, I'm going to give it to you. I'm willing to give my life to you right now. I'm willing to give up these nightmares that I've been living mm. for your dreams. If you do that, God would do incredible things in you, for you, and through you. So if I have anything, if I leave you with anything today, just practically do it flawed. Do it flawed. Look out for burning bushes. 
do it flawed. I wish I had more time, but I'll I'll, I'll sit it here because I feel like this is where we need to sit. Yeah, it's just yes. do it flawed. You're going to have to do it flawed. And he may not take away the flaws. In some instances, he might. In other instances, he might not. He might just send an Aaron. And Aaron is a representation there of, of Moses' brother who comes. He's a representation of help that God will yep. send. Right. That God literally says to him, look, Aaron's coming. And this I thought so fascinating that as God is talking, as Moses is talking to God about his insecurities, God already sent help his way. Yes. I encourage you, just look for the errands, look for the circumstances, the situations, the systems, the people, look for the errands, the help that God will send. And he promises to send help. He even promised to come in us as the mm -hmm. helper. He's promising to send you help. Sometimes I don't know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow. Sometimes I really just don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but I just trust Amen. that God will send help. Do it flawed. Look for burning bushes. Believe that God would send help and go after it. Pursue it. It's, it's not just a random thought. It's God talking to you. Yes. It's God giving you that vision. God giving you that dream. It's God. Go for it. Wow. Okay. I just need a moment because <laughs> I do, because this word is so profound. And as you're, you know, we're speaking and the only thing that I can think of at this moment is flawed on purpose for a purpose. Mm, mm, you're mm, flawed on purpose for a mm, purpose. Mm, Man. Oh my. Okay. Let me carry on with the segment because I can just sit here and just <laughs> allow this word just to resonate today, honestly. Mm, mm. Um, such an uplifting and heartfelt word. Like you touch so many areas, so many gems of wisdom uh, expressed throughout uh, your exhortation. I truly, like, truly feel so encouraged. And, you know, um, as we end, I'm going to really sit in this moment and just really reflect and just think about just some of my challenges and my mm. inhibitions as well, mm. you know, and, and bring it to the Lord and to say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. But because I know that you are greater and greater is yeah. he that is in me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So to all my listeners, like take a moment today to really reflect on this word. Remember that you are not ordinary, but in the eyes of God, you are extraordinary. Mm. Know that, believe that. And like what Mark said, just try. Just try. Just try. Just try. Just try. Flawed and all. Just yeah, try. Flawed and all. Just try. Oh, man, Mark, thank you, bro, so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, man. You so thank you. Much. Thank you. Yes, this word was, was really ripe and so well needed, too, as well. So thank you so much. Mm. No, thank you. Can you do us the honor and just close this episode out in prayer, please? Thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy, for your grace. We are literally nothing before you. I don't understand why you do do the extraordinary with such ordinary things. Why you put treasure in earthen vessels. Why you'd waste time or spend time with uh, flawed vessels like us. But like in Jeremiah, we are flawed for a reason. We are flawed on purpose. You made us the way you made us as tall as we are as short as we are as good looking and not so good looking as big as like whatever with you made us you made us and so god for those people out there i'm praying for people who are like me who struggle and wrestle with their insecurities 
who are in places where they don't even know what's going to come next. People who are living in nightmares because they don't know how to dream. I pray, God, for people who are just wrestling with life and trying to figure out how to make it to tomorrow. People who one time they had a dream, but life hit them so hard. They did been hit down so hard that they don't even know how to get back up. I'm praying for those people. I pray that you send them dreams and visions. I pray, God, that they'll believe again. I pray that they'll come out of Midian, out of strife, out of ordinary, and really begin to believe again that they can do extraordinary things with their flaws. I'm praying, God, asking you, Heavenly Father, to open their vision, open their sight, open their insight. Let them see themselves differently. Let them see circumstances differently. Let them see you differently. And I'm praying, God, that they will get the boldness of Benaiah to chase lions, that they will get the boldness of David, Lord God, to kill and slay huge, unimaginably large things like giants in their own right. I'm praying, God, that you, Heavenly Father, will empower a generation to overcome their insecurities and live in the security of Christ, knowing that even though we aren't perfect, we are perfected by a perfect God, that we are made in your image and in your likeness to do incredible things. I'm praying, God, like Pascal prayed, Lord, help me to do great things as though they were little, since I do them with your power, and little things as though they were great, since I do them in your name. Amen. Amen. I pray this exhortation has inspired you to act on God's word, challenged you to believe what his word says, and encouraged you to put your confidence in him. With that being said, have a fantastic week, everyone. Much love and many blessings. Bye. Bye. Hey, friend. Thank you for listening to today's exhortation. I believe you were inspired, challenged, and encouraged today. Because of that, don't keep it to yourself. Share this podcast with a friend, a family member, even a co-worker. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. I really feel so special. Let's do this again. See you next Monday.